Hey, all my IFG friends, this is Steve. I want to say, you know, if you like movies like I do, we've started a new podcast called Happy Hour Flicks. Uh, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. It's all about nostalgic movies that we love, and we bring on special guests each episode, and we also have specialty cocktails made for each one, too. So it really is an hour of a good time talking about movies that we love, like Gremlins, uh, Seven, uh, Free Willy. Uh, we talk about The Last Starfighter also. So, I mean, we kind of run the gamut across all the decades and really have a great time. So I wanted to invite you to come over and join us at Happy Hour Flicks, anywhere podcasts are found. Third, oh, wow, you <laughs> shot for 30 <laughs> days. Because of the locations. I think if I know what I know now, I would have consolidated a lot of things. I think that's <laughs> definitely a first-time rookie mistake. This is the, the independent, independent, independent filmmaker's guide from Framework Productions. Framework, Framework Productions. Welcome to the Independent Filmmaker's Guide podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pierce. And today in this episode, we are catching up with Amy Long. She's a writer and director, and she has right now her film coming out uh, in New York and L.A. for um, in theaters, as well as on all major streaming platforms through Vertical Entertainment. The film is called A Shot Through the Wall. It is an intense social drama based around, uh, you know, sort of police actions and police use of force. So it's, it's definitely a timely piece. Um, and Amy and I get into it a lot more. Amy, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, very excited to talk about your movie, A Shot Through the Wall. Uh, so what, this is your first feature film, right, as a, as a director? It is, it is. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. It's great to see you. Um, <laughs> so tell me, A Shot Through the Wall, if, uh, if, if anybody's not seen it, what is it about? So a shot through the wall, it's about an Asian-American cop who killed an innocent black man in the projects in New York. It deals with this man's guilt and whether he should be held accountable. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, yeah, like reading the log line and everything, it seems very, <laughs> like, very, like, intense, like, and, like, very, um, Heavy. <laughs> a, yeah, a lot of social texture, like, uh, built in there, especially yeah. at a time, like, nowadays with all, you know, everything going on. How, what, did you write the film as well, or did you get the script from somewhere I, else? No, I did write the film. Um, there was an incident that happened in 2014, so we start writing, I start writing this in 2015, sort of just, uh, working my way um trying to figure out it's sort of a self-discovering process of seeing where me as an asian american woman stands in the spectrum of racism today yeah of course i imagine that uh, so it was inspired by a real event um and then that's something you kind of expanded into a fictional story yeah that's pretty much it i took a lot of artistic liberties so it's not it's not really you know, there's it, it bears resemblance to the actual event, but it doesn't have anything really to do with the actual event. It just sort of inspired it. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, tell me, like, you know, how did how did it get? How did you get moving down this road? You just had this idea. You started to write the film, and how did it be, take the next steps to where it became actually captured and turned into a into an independent film? Um, so I was working on a different film at the time and, um, and, um, I think about two weeks before we were going to shoot, um, my, my actress, this was a star attached and she, she had to pull out very last minute. She, oh, no. she had a high risk pregnancy and it was, it was, 
it was great, but at the same time, it was very sad for me. <laughs> right. No, of course. Yeah. So, so that was there a different project that was like two weeks from shooting, and then the talent had to yes. had to back out. Wow. Correct. Yes. So, so what, how, how, did, how did you possibly pivot into this script so quickly? <laughs> so it was a very different tone, very different film. That was going to be my first feature. And um, and I had worked on that for over two years. And then at that point, I was devastated. And was, when this incident happened, I was living in New York at the time. And then I went home for a weekend. Um, and then we all sat down. I went home in the Bay Area. I'm from California. So um, there was this family event and um, my family and friends were just in this heated debate over dinner about about this this thing that just happened where an Asian American cop killed an innocent black man and and he was convicted. He was the first officer that was convicted in twelve years in New York State. So um people were talking about whether he was scapegoated, whether he was, you know, um um whether he should be held accountable. And then when that happened, I think I was in a very different mindset. And um, so sort of this this incident sort of took me away from my film and um and um gave me something else to focus on and to to write about and um I start writing this script and um and I was I, I sent it to a couple of casting directors and, and um some people so it's my film is a predominantly Asian American cast and some casting directors said oh you're writing yourself into a corner but this is an interesting story we're curious this was 2015 this was before BLM come, mm-hmm. came to fruition so people weren't talking about these police brutality stories or excessive police you know um, any of this type of stories so um, so people um, sort of took notice on it and uh, and um, I was shopping it around. And, yeah, um, I mean, I feel like you, un- I, as much as I have to say, unfortunately, you uh, really the, sure. the the subject matter kind of felt like it almost grew up across that time between now. Yes, definitely. Um, so when I was writing it, people weren't really talking about this subject matter. People just thought, oh, well, okay, this is a different take. This is also, I think it's coming from an Asian American perspective, which is a little different. I think it's very much of a black and white matter um, in the media. And I sort of asserted a different perspective into this. Um, so so people responded to it. And, um, and this film sort of saved me because I was in a depression going down a different um, <laughs> downward spiral because my other film was just unfortunately that I was working on for two years that just fell apart. <laughs> yeah, last I'm, minute, so. I'm sure that this is, I mean, so many people have to be so um, happy, proud, I don't know, enthusiastic to see not only the subject matter being talked about, but being talked about from someone with your perspective and with a cast that represents that. So, I mean, it feels like you probably were very true to yourself and the subject matter in making that. And I think that that it probably will make a very unique perspective. I think to me, it was just um, I this was also before Crazy Rich Asian came out, this wave mm-hmm. of Asian American films. So before that, we really rarely see ourselves on screen represented right. anywhere. Um, I think the funny thing is, I think 
uh, culturally, we always said to not air our dirty laundries outside. We're told to sort of keep our voice mm-hmm. down. So, so it's very, you know, I, I think at the time I was just thinking, you know, I want to see my family represented in some ways. I want to see myself represented on the big screen. So I was curious about that. And, um, and um, yeah, um, I mean, it's very ad. I mean, honestly, it's it's probably. I mean, we're seeing that across the whole industry, right? With people like wanting to see more representation of themselves. What it, I mean, that felt like that feels like that. Obviously, was important to you when you were writing the script. Was that ever deliberate, or was just the, how the story unfolded to you? I think that was deliberate in some sense. I I want to keep it authentic to me. That was really important. Um, I'm Chinese American. I came from a first generation immigrant family and um i think to me it was really important that i keep i keep the story authentic um yeah <laughs> I, I think that was pretty intentional has your family all seen it no <laughs> oh no i think i don't want to stereotype my family but you know very asian american very um you know this is not the career choice that they would choose for me i think mm-hmm. Um, they, they've heard about this project. They know what I'm doing, but I don't think they've ever actually seen a film that I've made. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no. Well, do you want, That's I mean, just, I guess this is the, 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 kind of the underlying question there. Do you want them to watch it? And if you do, if they did, what would you, you know, how do you think they'd react to it? Um, of course I do. <laughs> I think I do want them to watch it, but, um, I think it's also, you know, there are parts of it. So I am not involved in police force or anything like that, but there's a part of this family that's very, very personal to me. And it's rooted in a lot of interactions in my own family and things like that. So I think it's actually quite a vulnerable and, and, and scary (laughs) thing um, for them, for me to watch them watching my film. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I would love for them to watch it. I, I would be very curious of what their reactions would be. Um, but also a part of me is very scared. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, that's good. As the artist, that's good. That means that there's a, there's a vulnerability to that. It means it's true to you. You know what I mean? You put yourself on yeah. screen in some way or another and exposing that's very, very scary. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, so, so speaking of yeah. exposing it, there it's going to theaters, right? You have a theatrical run coming up. So what? We what have how to, a, good. Yes, we have a very selective theater uh, theater run, theatrical run. Um, I think Omicron doesn't help. No, of course and, not. <laughs> is it that's is it in uh, Los Angeles, New York? Where is it? Where is it going to be running? It's in Los Angeles, in New York, and. Um, I think 10 other markets. Oh, very cool. Peppering in the country. Um, I think in Los Angeles, it's only in Lemley theater in Glendale and in New York, it's going to be in Kent theater in, in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. Oh. Uh, yeah. Down, I think yeah. it's in Williamsburg. Right. But yeah, no, that's good. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's going to be very fun to get this. <laughs> I mean, I would dream of seeing, you know, a film up oh, on yeah. the screen. You know what I mean? That's going to be quite an nice. experience. It's definitely definitely a dream come true, honestly. It's just been a long time making. We started this project in 2015, and right now it's 2020. Also, yeah. a lot of things happen in between, right. I think. So let's, let's kind of, if I can ask you about that, what happened between 2015 and now? Like, how did you, how did you, you start writing it, 
and yeah. how and you send it to some casting directors. Was it cast that came first uh-huh. or producing or how, how did you figure it out? Um, so I have a production company. I work with my produ- producing partner and uh, we both produce this. And um, we uh, we send it to other producers first. It is a very touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very controversial. Not a lot of people want to touch it. We didn't want to oversimplify a problem. I think it is a very complicated problem. And um, it was my intention to not make it black and white. I think there's a lot of nuance to it. And um, especially this event, this this incident that I wrote that's very fictional. <laughs> and um, so we... Um, yeah, we send it to a lot of casting directors. I worked with a very great casting director. She was very patient with me. She's a Broadway veteran um, casting director. Her name is Pat McCorkle. She really took a chance on me. She was very patient with me because we spend about nine, ten months just looking for the lead. Oh, wow. Because Asian American actors at the time, again, a lot of casting directors came to me and said you're really painting yourself writing yourself into a corner because because there's not many of us and of these we don't have you know big stars right or something like that and um and um again this was before crazy rich asians this is before a lot of other films that came out so to me it was really important to find authentic asian american or chinese american lead and um kenny Liu, who plays mike tan this cop character in the film he came along and um he really get the character and i was very happy to have i was very lucky to have him and so when after you find your cast and you've kind of got them assembled mm-hmm. what how did that take the next step into production and where are we in time like 2017 now so we spent about so we started this beginning of 2015 uh spent about a year writing and then casting of another nine months and i think this put me to fall um of 2017 and then um we had gathered a little bit of funding and uh, we were going to go to principal photography we did, and um, we had we we were very ambitious. I think it's an experience. A lot of it was an experience and ambition, and we shot ninety nine percent on location in New York City, and um, we had so many locations for this budget shoot, and um, it was it was it was tough. It was a very challenging shoot through and through. And, um, but we sort of put it together. <laughs> How many, so you, <laughs> shot, you shoot out in New York city. I mean, it's a great set piece. So many independent films have been oh, shot yes. there. Um, of how course. did you, how many days did you end up shooting? 30. 30. Oh, wow. You shot for 30 <laughs> had, days. Because of the locations. I think if I know what I know now, I would have consolidated a lot of things. I think that's definitely <laughs> a first time rookie, whatever you call a mistake or, whatever but but <laughs> we're we're proud of it now but it was it was really challenging because there was so many company moves and um and um you know i've, I've done production in la in atlanta in new orleans and new york is a whole different beast 
Yeah, New York's a beast. Like, I mean, people who don't shoot yeah. here, you know, is uh, it, it's brutal. Like, it's even just getting the truck unloaded and getting the cameras out is exhausting. Oh, totally. <laughs> I think so, also I was very spoiled with um, commercial before this, mm-hmm. so I thought, oh yeah, totally, I can, I can do this. And then I realized, oh, you know, indie film with <laughs> with. With a very limited, small crew, it was very challenging. Yeah, exactly. You can, I mean, you get into, you can quickly get into, what is it called? Like the gear, whatever, swarm or whatever. You have more gear than you can actually work. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, that that, that happens a lot, I think, to independent crews or small crews. are like, oh, yeah, we definitely got all this stuff that is the, we we got (laughs) to spend all this money on the top end gear and you can never get it up and out of the truck. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Learn my lesson there. <laughs> Thirty days is impressive, Amy. I mean, how how did I mean that's very how large was the cast and the crew? Um how large was the cast and crew? Uh ca- there was a lot of cast shown playing and out as well. Um we really wanted to create that world. I didn't want that world to be very limited and um um yeah, we had a lot of cast sort of coming in and out there's a lot of characters um again that was inexperience and ambition altogether. but but um yeah we had a actually a relatively small crew for what we had but we had to stretch that money to 30 days because of of course that's what i was you know that's where i was like really where you get into your big expenditures are like how many bodies on how many days yeah basically Yeah. yeah do you remember how what your crew was like like, do you, do you have like um, a, you know what I mean? How many did you have like a couple of grips and electrics or like two ACs or was it really, really I, skeleton? It, it was pretty skeleton. Um, we had two ACs. We had a first and second. We mm. had maybe uh and team was small too. A couple mm. of swings. And cool. um, um, yeah, a gaffer and a key and and sort of a couple of swings just <laughs> going back and forth wherever <laughs> it's needed. Yep. Um, it was challenging. I, I really give props to my crew. We it, This crew came together because they really believe in the project. They all read the script. I made sure they read the script. They know what they were getting themselves into. And, um, and um, it was a very nimble um, crew and in the middle of like at the late summer, early fall, sort of mm. that month and a half. It was, uh, yeah, they stuck with me and it was, it was, it was good. Um, and then the year after we had to go back and do some pickups that we didn't have either the budget or the time to do in the first time round. So, and so you went back yeah. and were able to just pick up a couple extra days there. Yes, there's that, and also um, for the incident itself. So mm-hmm. it was my choice in the beginning to not show the incident because mm-hmm. whenever something like this happens, usually we only see it when when someone got shot right mm-hmm. afterwards. Especially back then, before the body cams and before all the other footage are released and things like that. So throughout media and all that, usually you see it after when when the incident happened after the incident happened. And then, so it was my choice not to show the incident in the very beginning. And also I didn't want to traumatize, re-traumatize people that it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. And then after we had a few test screenings and we had a first cut, 
I realized it was crucial to actually show the incident to know what the ambiguities are and whether there are nuances or whether, you know, who is telling the truth, who is, who mm-hmm. isn't. And um, so we went back and shot the actual, the, the fictional incident mm. itself. And then a couple of things we were actually scheduled to do in the pickup that we wanted to do. So, yeah. I just read a book actually about test screening. So I'm fascinated that you actually were able to do a couple of them because that's really, I mean, that's really whenever you first learn how what you theorized is going to work. So what was your experience oh, with totally. the test screenings? I think they're crucial. I think a lot of indie films, um, they don't leave budget for that. I think to me, that was very important. So we started from the very beginning knowing that we want to do these test screenings. And also it's, you know, I think as filmmakers, we don't really... I mean, at least speaking for myself, I don't want to make films for myself. I want to make films for an audience. So I want to see what their reactions are. And um, and to me, that was really important, especially for a topic like this. I want to make sure things are taken the way that I intended um, instead of, you know, and you put something out there. I mean, it is how people interpret it. But at the same time, um, you know, there's, there are things I want to make sure works and um mm-hmm. so we we left something we, we yeah we left some budget for for the test screenings and um yeah i mean, I mean, I mean it's like cooking and yeah it's like if you're yeah. trying to cook without tasting you know what i mean like yes, you can exactly. you can get pretty far on theory but in the end does this actually <laughs> taste like spaghetti or is it uh you know do we put sugar instead of salt um, yes exactly <laughs> I, I think that also because of the commercial background that helped because mm-hmm. you know we have focus groups we have like people watching it and people giving us scores and things like that so to me it was really important to have some test screenings um even did you though do they were just small they were very useful oh did you do it with like friends and family or did you have like focus groups Oh, to friends and family, really friends and family, and friends and family bringing in mm. more friends that sure. we do, who we don't know. I think right. it's really important to have um, people who don't know you, or right. who you know. I mean, friends yeah. and family—they're supportive and and all that, and you want people to give you actual you know um, legit feedback. You won't you won't actually correct. get the truth unvarnished. Yes. Yes. Basically. So. <laughs> That was important. <laughs> so some things, how, what all changed after you, you added, obviously you added a key element to the script that you intentionally left mm-hmm. out, but learned that from test screening, like, yeah, we got to put this in. What else changed? Um, what else did I learn from the test screening? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that was a big one uh, to know that what is needed for, for the film to work. And, um, and um, yeah, I, I think. I mean, afterwards. So we had test screen. We have we had very little test screening for the first round after our first cut, and then we had some test screening right after we locked, after right before the pandemic actually, and um, it just it took us a while to. It, um, it, it really took. Excuse me. It took us a while to to edit the film. Mm. And we really try to do our due diligence. Um, I had a very amazing editor who's worked with me on all my projects, all my shorts, little commercials here and there. His name is Mike Fay. He he um, he was very patient with me, 
and we just sat together. Um, it was actually a very good story because so he was working on a film called On the Basis of Sex mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with me, Letter. And um, he was assistant editor on that film. And they were so gracious. They gave, they had a spare room on their floor. And um, we basically got that room for free for the entire duration of that film. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was just, and his, Mike's wife was so supportive. He, she also is a assistant editor. So she just took over his job on that film. Well, he worked with me in a separate room right next door. And uh, Mimi Letter, he, she, she, is, she was such a champion for female filmmakers. She was very, very nice. And she came in and she said hi. And she gave us the room. And, and <laughs> it was just, yeah, I couldn't be luckier. That's really amazing. I mean, honestly, what a great, great break and great support. Yeah, that's what you hope you know would happen. Like people would support the uh, newer and kind of upcoming films and upcoming artists. Oh, totally. Yeah, no, totally. I was, so how did I was you, very excited about that. <laughs> did you end up going the festival route? I mean, with all COVID and everything, how did you get met up with your distributor and get your distribution plan in place? We did. We went to a, a bunch of small festivals. It was funny because. Um, I don't know. There was we we applied to for a bunch of festivals and um, and uh, at the time I think in the space there's also several other Asian American films. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting um, thing. I think we I think there's always at least for the last couple of years there's always like a token Asian American film and then that was mm-hmm. it. Is, you know, there's only certain numbers of slots. And also, I think um, my film is very easily misinterpreted because it comes from a cop's sort of we follow a cop, mm-hmm. which in this day and age, it was very touchy. Hmm. And um, yeah, of course, yeah, that's a, it's a difficult I, subject, no matter how you I mean, like, it's a very difficult subject to try and do something about, which is. You know, there's like a, I forget the, I can't remember the woman's name, but the woman that created Viewpoints, which is like a movement exercise. She always says the place that makes you the most uncomfortable is the place that you probably should be. And I mean, I think that that could apply in here too. If it makes you uncomfortable, it's hard to talk about. That's a good place to be exploring. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's why I thought it was worth my time. And um, I knew this was going to take a while, but I didn't honestly think it was going to take this long. But <laughs> but also, I felt like it was a project that definitely was worth my time because how uncomfortable the whole subject matter is, sure. and and I get to explore that. And um, but yes, it was really easy to be misinterpreted, and um, so we got a lot of rejections. But we were also very lucky. I think most festivals give out a form rejection, just an email. We got a lot of phone calls, which I was very grateful for. Um, and then, um, and we we premiered. So this took us to the pandemics, pretty much. And uh, we premiered at Bentonville. Mm, Bentonville is a great um, festival. Yeah, in Arkansas. Yeah, in twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, no, Gina Davis was so supportive, mm-hmm. and the whole team was 
really great. And, uh, uh, I think it's probably one of the most. You know, we had another film from uh, Bentonville was a um, um, Lesbom was a comedy that. Uh, oh. But yeah, it's a it, like I, I really really love that festival. I think they're probably one of the biggest up and comers. I've even, even call them an up and comer anymore. They're kind of already yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could go. So it was twenty twenty. Yeah. Everything was virtual and. Um, and we were stuck in this limbo, <laughs> and then they <laughs> they asked for to see a see a screener, and um, they they were they were really gracious to us, and and um, we premiered there, and then we went on a little bit of festival run, and then um, I think we signed on to a sales agent. I oh, like the timeline is a little blur to me, but I think at the end of twenty twenty we signed on with a sales agent. Uh, concourse media mm. and they were mad at concourse media they were very supportive too and um they got us vertical and um and we were very happy with them and, yeah. and um to, also to like, it won't be any surprise i love vertical how do you how's your experience been with vertical entertainment i think they're a pretty pretty strong independent distributor and you're in great company they ca- they carry a great <laughs> catalog Yes, exactly. So we had a couple of offers and uh, we really just looked at their catalog and said, oh, we would like to be in the catalog of this. this exactly. Yeah. Films. Yeah, basically. And they were very nice. They were, um, you know, to to offer a limited theatrical run in this day and age. I think to me, it was pretty incredible. It was a dream come true. I was very happy about that. And um yeah, so so that brings us to here. So it's coming out in January twenty first, which is Friday. It's pretty scary and pretty exciting at the same time. Yeah, I was about time. to say it's got so. a, you're kind of at the end of the the journey for this particular film. Are you going to pick up the next the original film first that you lost the talent for? Come back around and make it. Um. So that film. Um. I'm still. Well, no, I'm writing something new now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Another lighthearted, and, uh, uh, I, lighthearted romp comedy, I assume. Right. Oh man, um, I, I'm really trying to write something a little lighter. This is definitely a really heavy piece, and it took us so long. <laughs> and uh, and I'm I'm looking for a different genre and just. A little bit of comedy, a little more humor in it. <laughs> Something that doesn't—it's not so. Um, what the whole of it isn't isn't so deep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, so that's the intent, and um, and um, so I'm I'm doing I'm writing a, my next feature, but um, yeah. Absolutely. I'm just happy so, to have this one taking off the ground. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. Yeah. I mean, it's got to feel great. You're done with the first one. Now onto the second one. You get to make the sophomore effort now, you know? Yeah. It's great. <laughs> what is your, So um, if people wanted to learn more about the film or where to go see it, where where should they go? Yes. Um, uh, we're on Facebook. It's just, I think it's called a shot, through the, uh, a shot Through the Wall film. And the Instagram account is also a Shot Through the Wall film. Okay, great. So should people follow you on Instagram or like on a social media oh, for updates? Oh, yes, please. Uh, my Instagram handle is the Amy Long, T-H-E-A-I-M-E-E-L-O-N-G. I'm, I'm not very good with the social media thing. IFG is created by Framework Productions. This episode was hosted and directed by Stephen Pierce and James Allardyce. 
It was produced and edited by Matt Mundy and Audrey Ray McHale. The music is by Glassboy. Find his music on freemusicarchive.org. See and listen to all the episodes at independentfilmmakersguide.com. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, we just wanted to take a quick moment to talk about two personal things. First, we wanted to thank you, our listening community and our wonderful guests, learning so much together along the way and continuing to learn, sharing our stories, making a lot of new friends and collaborating, which is exactly what this is all about. Which also brings me to my second point. In great part to many of these new relationships, we wanted to let you know that we've taken a lot of this advice ourselves and made our own narrative feature film, Heard, H-E-R-D, Heard, which is premiering this October on Friday the 13th in select theaters as well as on VOD. Personally, I think it's the perfect kind of scary movie to watch during our favorite scary season. So we'd love for you to celebrate with us and watch Heard. You can pre-order it on Apple TV, and of course, do the communal thing, see it in theaters. Of course, for all of this, please see our show notes, but basically, we're going to keep it all updated at herd.film. That's H-E-R-D dot F-I-L-M, herd.film as well. Thank you again, and be sure to give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to build this community and collaborate. IFG, how movies get made.